0: Ow, now, brown cow. Me Ow now, cow. brown cow. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> we we're are ready. Tight.
1: Ow, now, brown cow. Hey, everybody! It's Aaron from Corlane Sporting Goods, and this is our fifth podcast. And this one's brought to you by Ballistics Targeting Systems at Ballistics.ca. So it's Canada's first and only uh, custom turret generator with uh, probably the most accurate ballistics calculator on the market. So check it out, and we'll we'll get into it a bit later too. So. Uh, we've got Nathan back with us again. He was our second podcast guest from Yukon Peak and, uh, we wanted to get into a little bit about what his season's been like. So, so Nathan, welcome back and we really appreciate you showing up today. Thanks for having me guys. No problem. So for anyone that didn't hear your first podcast, tell us,
2: what are you doing? Who are you working for? Well, first podcast was, um, before season, before guiding season with, uh, working for my brother Yukon Peak. And, uh, we just talked about um outfitting guiding basically going from northwest territories to the yukon um we touched a little bit about training and all sorts of stuff and uh so yeah now we're just gonna follow up with how we did (coughs) and if you didn't see the second one go back and check it out and a little more of this will probably make sense so yeah i'm a little better prepared this time like i I was looking at my first podcast, and it was like a it was like a Trudeau podcast. It was <laughs> so many ums, water and juice box drink yeah. um, thing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm gonna you're gonna hit the sell. I'm, out I'm of prepared. Dark. I'm gonna I'm gonna home run this one. I'm gonna slay it. You guys threw me to the wolves last time, but I got <laughs> we'll, you this time.
0: We'll see about that. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So,
2: so tell us about your season. Um, our season was really good. Um, for our first year, like we, I think we did. I think we did really good. We got a lot of sheep, a lot of nice animals. Um, our crew was amazing, and yeah. So, how many hunts did you guys
1: um, sell or harvest this year?
2: Uh, we took thirteen rams this year. Yeah. Um, we took one grizzly bear, one caribou, and I think we took about ten moose, roughly. So, yeah, yeah. it was really good. That's excellent. It and your really hunt good. blocks
0: are set up with four kind of four hunts going on at the same Mm -hmm. time right so yeah two horseback and then two backpack Mm kind of setups yeah exactly so you can split it up between Mm -hmm. old guys and young guys pretty much yeah yeah pretty much
1: that's pretty much how it went down so so after Mm -hmm. having a season doing both of them um what are your thoughts on on the types of hunters coming in for them like are they prepared for the hunts and and do you find you get the old dudes that want to do the horseback and the young guys want
2: to yeah i would say i would there. say so that's pretty much what we've been doing Yep. there's been sometimes the hunters come in and like all four of them are in good shape and they can do pretty much whatever you need them to do and yeah um but yeah sometimes yeah sometimes guys really want that horse back and sometimes they don't man yep. yeah like me and greg wouldn't want that horse thing so no no get up there and hit the
1: mountain no and- yeah. Shed a couple pounds.
0: <clears throat> oh, hey, but a can of chunky soup now again is a pretty mm-hmm. good deal. And you got horse packing it <laughs> Bacon and up.
1: eggs for breakfast mm-hmm. every morning. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
0: Costco uh, freeze dried hash like, browns. Hash browns, add water, sausage. Yeah.
2: yeah those are good. good. Deal. Those so, dehydrated <laughs> hash browns? Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Those little things you don't even for. start.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, how was, uh, what are your success rates like if a person was looking at possibly going horseback versus
2: hiking do you do you see more animals one or the other oh or? i don't think so okay i don't think so i don't think that has really anything to do with it no yeah. matter what kind of hunt you do you're going to be um the opportunity is going to be there for you yeah. so just depends on what kind of shape you're in what kind of what you're willing to yeah. how hard you're willing to work and yeah. put yourself through and no and a lot the, of the game's going to be there regardless yeah. of the, the type of hunt you want so yeah and
0: background yeah. too i mean you get guys that are just they want that horse experience because they've never seen it or never mm-hmm. been around it they want to they've
1: seen a video a western whatever yeah you hop
0: on a horse and yeah mm-hmm. you're clippity-clop for five hours your legs are sore and your legs are bowed but you're going to see some neat country yeah it's kind of a
1: uh, it's the experience yeah it's the you adventure get to, of...
0: you get to have your head on a swivel and really take it in because your horse is paying attention to where you're going right you know mm-hmm. you just get to look around and kind of be a passenger almost and yeah. then once you get to Look, you're gonna have to get off your horse at some time and do some hiking, right? They don't yeah. they don't walk you to the top, but mm-hmm. camps nice and you know different scenarios. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had fun this year. I uh, went up with Lou on a horseback hunt, you know, just because he's yeah, like, let's go up. And, oh, it was great, you know. Into camp, everything's different though. Like you get up, you work on horses, eat your thing, then you go hunting. Where backpack hunt, it's like you roll out a tent, scrub your teeth, and you're you're up there already, right? Mm -hmm. Where the horse, yeah, you're going to move into areas, but I find, yeah, if you're on a combo hunt for some things, you know, like backpacking, there's no such thing as a combo hunt backpacking. You're not going to shoot a moose. You're not going to shoot generally a caribou. You're going to hunt a sheep and that's it. Mm -hmm. Where a horse, yeah, moose walks in front of you. You're like, well, I got a string of six to (laughs) deal with this mess. Might as
1: well tip it over. Yeah. So it's pretty fun, you know, different experience
0: and yeah, take them in. Mm yeah yeah and i you know compared to our weather like when we went up on our hunt we would got a huge snowfall then it got warm the rivers just exploded i think everybody in bc like northern bc stone sheep hunting has it it's been horrible weather yeah. for everybody yeah. and then on the flip side i'd get messages from you guys and rob's texting yeah another 18 above day calling moose you know <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. when it should be two below yeah three below yeah right. exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah 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 we got well when we went out it was like 25 degree weather and then rain it was just swampy the entire hunt kind of thing because yeah. hiking in the rain stop for a rain day you get rained out for two days so well are you gonna just sit around and do nothing Oh, mm-hmm. you just get, get, get back on the trail and you're just wet inside mm-hmm. your rain gear and outside your rain gear and it was just soaking wet but so yeah that was that was the northern bc hunt of just non-stop rain the whole hike and and uh compared to you guys you guys were dry
2: yeah hot and dry hot and dry so how did that Super affect dreaded. the hunts um i think the hardest thing was uh water was so scarce this year like i'm i think everywhere else i've hunted i've never had to worry about water like you're constantly like at stands like we used to like you'd step over a creek every freaking 10 feet man you know yeah,
0: there's a literally water there's water even when
2: you're on the tops of the mountains ridge running there's there's water and in the yukon man this part anyway was just dry like lots of our hunts we were um like once a day we'd go like hike basically all the way down the mountain with our bladders and our bottles all the hunters bottles and come back (laughs) up like make a two three hour water run every single day and i've never I've never ever done that. Like I have a water bladder and I probably used it a couple times in my life before this and yeah. then this year it was like probably like the most important piece of gear that I yeah. had. It was crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the norm or I think it's just historically dry there, what it's been like. But yeah, water played a
0: Yeah, if you don't water have those... played a huge
2: factor. Water yeah, played. If you a don't huge have factor. those snow
0: packs that are Constantly there's no snowpacks. There's no snowpacks. No. You're reliant on rain to be mm-hmm. seeping out mm-hmm. all those fingers. And stuff yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's nothing worse than you know assuming there's water somewhere, getting up there, Oh. and you basically have one day, and you're limping your carcass out of there. Yeah. You're having dry oatmeal for breakfast. <laughs> and
1: well, and I guess that we we had discussions before we went on our sheep hunt of. We, we switched areas three times before the hunt. Initially, we were going in here, and then we were going in here, and then we ended up going in here. But we were looking at water was one of the biggest factors on, okay, if, if our goal is to hike to here because we know there's water there, do we set up camp there and then do our day hikes from, from there? Or mm-hmm. do you pack your bladder up onto the mountain top and then get up each morning but know that you're going to have to do those mm-hmm. runs every day? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess with you guys, with with paid hunters, they're not the ones putting the miles on. It's you guys. Mm-hmm. working your bag off to go get them water I guess eh that's kind of the pretty much, pretty would, much. You, would you if you were going on the same hunt would you camp near the water or would you camp
2: high and hike for water uh, <clears throat> that's, that's probably the hardest dilemma when you're when you're backpack hunting is like where to um, where to camp in relation to where the water is and also to where the sheep is right so yeah. ideally like if we say if you've located sheep like kind of what I would want to do is like camp where um don't don't camp too close to the sheep because they if they bust you you're done right so what i would try to do is camp like within say half to three quarters of a day away from the sheep right so that you have enough time to go after that sheep get that sheep and bring it back to camp to your spike camp within a a long day that's kind of that's kind of an ideal situation it It doesn't always work that way but yeah but if if there's water at that spot and the sheep are, you know, a few miles away. Yeah. Throw your tent up, man. That's, yeah. that's your spot. Right. But, yeah. but yeah, it's always a bit of a dilemma where to camp. And um, we, one of our hunts we spent the night on the mountain because we just, um, we were just too far from our camp where we killed the sheep. So yeah, it was a, it was a grinder. So
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah.
2: And so, at that point, does everyone in the hunt do that?
1: Or was it just you and a, one hunter? Or? Oh, just me and a hunter. Okay. Yeah, just me and a hunter. Yeah, yeah. Usually,
0: it's one-on-one. Yeah. 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 Snuggling up, no tent, hanging out mm-hmm. in the mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty much,
1: yeah. Do you want to get into the details on
2: that hunt? or? Yeah, I would. So, um, that was for, like, our season highlights, I guess, hey? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah be... So, that, yeah, <laughs> that hunt was with... Um, Joe Loomis, who is from Dawson Creek. You guys know, him. he's a good friend of mine. Great guy. And for, it was, for me, it was like the first time I ever got to guide like an actual friend of mine. Like I've got to take like Cam out when he got to like take his guide ram. So I've taken guides out when they got to hunt for themselves, but I've never had a client that as a friend friend. too. So our hunt was awesome. We, uh, we got dumped off um, on this ridge top there was a, I think there was seven or eight rams we were heading after. And it was funny because on the way over, like Joe's from BC's killed two stone sheep. And he's like, yeah, if we, if we see a fan and like, I, I would never shoot a fan and dude. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. Like you're, you're BC resident. You've killed two stone sheep. I'm like, we're not going to see a fan. And man, I haven't even seen a sheep with a black tail yet. So he's like, yeah, okay. And, uh and so Joe also had a grizzly bear tag. Sorry, Joe, but I'm, Gonna tell them. (laughs) Um, So it was like second day, I think, and uh, we're like probably still about four hours away from where the sheep are. Actually, Joe spotted this bear. I was looking at the sheep. This bear come out of nowhere. Um, Joe's like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Well, we're, I mean, we're still long ways from the sheep." I'm like, "Let's let's do it, man. It's a nice bear." Uh, so we went after this bear, and uh, long story short. He screwed up. He botched his shot. I don't know what happened to him, but he missed. And uh he was pretty down on himself. I was a little bit down, but I was like, okay, we're still in this. Like, that <laughs> wasn't a sheep. We can still see the sheep. <laughs> so I'm like, just, it's okay. Like, you get your one mulligan. Yeah. Get oh, your shit together. Don't f- do it again. How far mm, was this? Three... 350 oh we but get what he, to bug him about that but what he yeah so <laughs> what he did like he was he had his bipod on a rock the bear was like moving through this berry patch and instead of just like um he kind of ran out of room as he was pivoting and so instead of just like repositioning on the rock he kind of got up you know threw the gun over his knee yeah. shot i didn't even see what he was doing because i was just watching yeah and he's like, did I hit it? And I was like, no, like you weren't even close, man. <laughs> oh, and I was like, yeah. And then he told me what he did. And I was like, okay, it, it's okay. It happens. Get it together. So we're like, we just keep going. We had a little lunch, little recovery, went after these sheep. And uh, so we found the sheep and there was, I think there was like seven rams. There was two that, um, broomed on one side, long on the other, um, we ended up naming the sheep this year for some reason. I don't know. Oh, we, we were just having fun. Nicknames. So were, we had nicknames for it the was, sheep. It uh, was, so these yeah. two rams were Doug and Jerry that we named. <laughs> I don't know why. We are just like, that's Doug and that's Jerry. And we had Elliot. We had a whole bunch of names for sheep. It was fun, man. We had a fun year. And anyway... So Joe was kind of like, which, which ram do you think's the best? And I was like, I don't know. Either Doug or Jerry. It doesn't really matter. The other ones aren't shooters. There was one that was like really nice, tipped up, but young, like a seven-year-old or something. And uh, these sheep were in a really low, low spot. And I just looked down. Um, all the sheep were looking down under the timber. And I looked down, like, and I just seen this kind of a grayish flash kind of. And I was like, oh, man, it must be a wolf because the sheep were like, usually when sheep see another sheep, they're not that like glued to it. Like they'll look at it. And then they look, and then they know what it is, right? So I I threw the scope up, and I was like, oh, frick, it's a fannin'! like a really dark fannin', like a nice fannin'." And I looked at Joe, and he's like, yeah, I don't want a fannin'." I'm like, look at it. Look at it. <laughs> so he looks at it, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to shoot that thing. I'll come back <laughs> next year for a doll. I'm like, that's what I thought. So anyway, the sheep are kind of in a – they were just wide open it was about 650 yards we just couldn't get any closer and the yukon everything's really round and it it makes the hiking easier but it makes the stalks super hard because like you know like bc a lot of times like you can roll over a ridge and it's just like a straight drop off you can see absolutely everything in front of you. And there you can't, it's like a, it's like a bread loaf, right? So you're just like a couple hundred yards at a time, couple hundred yards at a time. So we kind of set up and the Rams got in this dip and I thought they were going to work their way out to us. We waited for a couple hours, but they didn't. And I walked around, I ended up having to climb almost all the way down the mountain and look into this bowl before I could finally see these flipping things. (laughs) So me and Joe make a mad dash over there. We get set up. Sheep, I have no idea were there. Joe lays down, perfect rest, makes two really good shots at, I think it was about 500 yards, hit the sheep twice perfectly. And uh, we were just like, oh, we were just ecstatic, right? It was awesome. Yeah. And uh, so we go ripping down to the sheep and we're like, oh man, it's like, it's just the prettiest sheep I've ever been a part of, right? Broomed on both sides, like looks like a just a light colored stone. It's yeah. just gorgeous. Yeah. So then that was the night we were... It was like 10 o'clock when we were taking pictures, butchering, and then we hiked until basically like 2 in the morning, and we are just like, <laughs> we can't make it to camp. So we just, we we kind of slept until the sun came out. Yep. Next day, Rob uh, Rob texts me, and he's like, hey, um, John's going to be in the area. Can you guys make, make it to the airstrip without sheep? So we're like, frick, like... Cause we've already, we've been up for like almost 36 hours straight. So we just hoofed it all the way to the airstrip with the sheep, got the sheep picked up. And then we went back to bear hunting for a few days, but inevitably we didn't get another bear, but, um, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome hunt, man. That's awesome. It was an awesome
0: hunt
1: with, uh, for any of our listeners or viewers on YouTube that aren't aware what you mean by a fan and sheep compared to a stone compared to a doll. Can you give us a quick rundown?
0: Mm.
2: Well, a fanon sheep, <clears throat> like a true and sheep, is basically a cross between a stone and a doll, and I don't necessarily know if they're actually crossed. Or I, I think a lot of it is like um, evolutionary. I think. Yeah. Um, I know, like Jim Fink, for example, like when he got his area in the northern part of the Yukon. I think he probably got it 15 years ago. He uh, he said most of the sheep in his area when he got it were doll sheep they were pure white and now it's like now it's hard for him to get like a pure white sheep it's like more like 50 50 so i think the sheep i think the sheep are just evolving i think they're spending more time in the timber they're not in this like the white snow cap peaks
1: kind of thing yeah that's what i think i don't
2: i don't necessarily think that the stone sheep range is expanding i just think like that i think that gray hair is is more of a dominant gene or whatever and you know, but this sheep was, um, well, I'll give you guys pictures to add to the podcast, yeah, for but sure. it's a, it's crazy because most of the sheep we had are, are super, super white. And then this sheep was like, it was like, what's he doing here? Like when <laughs> we got it inspected in Haynes junction, the CEO was like, are you guys sure you got this in your area? Like we've <laughs> never seen a sheep like this in the, in the Southwest corner of the Yukon. Like we've never seen this before. So yeah. it was kind of, it was cool. That so that's cool. why it was the one-off, as, eh? Yeah, it was a super, super important sheep to me. It means like that sheep means the world to me. So yeah, I've never, never guided a sheep like it, and I probably never will. So yeah, kind yeah. of
1: the the unicorn of the sheep. Absolutely. world. Absolutely, yeah. Very few in Absolutely. So yeah. yeah. Uh, what were numbers like up there for animals?
2: Numbers were good. Um, the sheep were um, like I was telling the, I was telling Greg a bit like the sheep were like really congregated, which we were. Which was super weird, weird to us. And I don't know if it was because of the lack of water or, um, or what the deal was, but like a lot of times you'd go like, you know, one or two or three basins without seeing anything. And then they're like, this one spot I went, there's like 50 sheep and there's 15 rams mixed with ewes and lambs. Hmm. And, uh, so it was just really weird compared to what, like, we're used to seeing. Yeah. But the, I think the numbers were good. Um, it's just, I think the behavioral patterns are different from what i was used to seeing from guiding the bears are um the bears are like super spread out there it seems to be like one bear per per range or per valley right when you go down to like tumblr man you can see you know you might go a couple draws without seeing anything and then there might be like 10 bears in one valley right Mm -hmm. in a burn or something but there it's kind of like there's kind of enough berries in each each mountain range the to kind of hold like one bear, like a boar, maybe a sow and some cubs or something. So, yep. the the animal the the numbers were good. It's just there, it's different than than yep. what we're used to. Yeah. But yep. No, the numbers are the numbers are definitely very good. With, yeah, because a lot of areas the
0: you have that I've been in too is a lot of the areas a desert, and then you have this corridor which is the main food source mm-hmm. and most of everything's in there right except for a few strays right here and there yeah where yeah if you've got you said you got mountain rivers that are actually salmon rivers in the late mm-hmm. you got berries you got mm-hmm. obviously game mm-hmm. moose elk mm-hmm. bit of or no no elk just caribou no elk, just caribou yeah and buffalo on the on the far corner mm-hmm. so lots of meat berries so mm-hmm. yeah it's neat
1: What's mortality rates like for sheep in the Yukon? Like to get through the winter, is there like a fifty percent loss? Or oh, I don't, idea? I
0: don't
2: think so. I don't okay. think so. Um, pretty hardy. The, and...
0: Yeah, and the weather's, it's um, it's better in BC for the doll sheep for sure for condition wise.
2: Yeah, like and it's kind of like we're only just a few hours from the coast, so yep. it's pretty mild, really. Oh, like you'd okay. think, because it's so far north that it'd be like extreme cold. But like last year in this spot, like. It was December, January, and, like, the pilot, like, I think they said they had, like, a foot of snow in, um, like, he lives in Burwash, which is kind of, like, an hour from Haynes Junction. Like, they had, like, a foot of snow, like, literally all That's winter. It. Wow. Like, it's crazy. Like, they had way, way warmer than we had and way less snow. It was yep. crazy, so. And what about predation up there, like the wolves, the
1: grizzlies? There's wolves, sort of there's
2: wolverines, there's grizzlies, there's eagles, there's. But do they have much effect on the sheep? Um, oh, like, I, think they they a bunch? I think they okay. would. Well, I think they. Well, I mean, they're going to take some. Yeah. I don't know exactly what they would take, yeah. but they're going to. They're definitely going to take some. Yeah. Probably not so much Grizzlies, but probably Eagles kill as much as any of those things. Of as the far as ones? sheep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Eagles are bad, and you always see Eagles, right? When you're looking for sheep and you can't find sheep, usually if you can see an eagle like doing this, <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's probably going to be a sheep on the other side of that hill. Interesting. They give away lots of sheep and goats. It's a super good tip, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've Golden seen the, eagles for sure. I've seen the videos of
1: the them swooping down and well, it was goats that I saw mm-hmm. picking up the little goats, picking them up and dropping them mm-hmm. and yeah, mm-hmm. chucking them off. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah,
0: more than you'd think. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: grizzlies. That's that's a big topic of discussion. We touched on it the first time you were here. Yeah. Um, now that you spent a season up in the Yukon, it doesn't sound like they're as thick up there as they are here.
2: Yeah, I don't but. think they're as thick, but I think I think the numbers are still good. I think they're just they're just more spread out, and so we just have to um, we just have to learn more about them and yeah. and as far as how we're going to hunt them differently, right? Yeah. So uh, I know like Rob and John when they were flying out at the end of the year, um, like octoberish like some of the rivers start getting salmon up them and then like rob and john were flying out and they seen like three grizzlies on the river in a like a 500 yard stretch so yeah. it's kind of like okay that's watch that the salmon. that's what we got to watch for yeah right and then we're gonna do i think we'd like to do like more spring bear hunts because i think during the rut they're gonna be a little more congregated too yeah um but yeah just from what we learned this year um, cause we can take five bears a year. Um, I, we just have to, we have to give, we have to do a better job. I think just putting bear tags in almost everybody's pocket, man, yep. because they're so spread out. Like for me, I seen one bear while I was hunting the one Joe missed and I seen two while I was flying. That's all I seen all season long. Yeah. And I
1: see, I see you got the dig in again that Joe missed. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> no, that's, I'm, that's I'm just bugging time Joe. Okay.
2: <laughs> you missed you suck
1: <laughs> so five tags and yeah three <clears throat> bears is what you what you saw on this one but mm-hmm. they're not they're never the focus right you guys are coming up to hunt sheep
2: they're coming up to hunt sheep or or moose you know and and like yeah the caribou and the moose are kind of uh kind of an accessory animal like they're kind of like or sorry the caribou, the caribou and the bear, yeah. bear right kind of like a wolf hunt almost like you're just sort of i just think like put a tag in everybody's pocket and um yeah. if it doesn't interfere with the sheep hunt yeah, then absolutely, drop one of those. Yeah. absolutely, yeah. man. So yeah. it's a it's a good resource that we need to take advantage of. Yeah, um, it's, it's good like revenue. A for, tag, yeah, you it's, know? it's like if you don't have one, you're probably going to see a flipping wolverine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I mean, you think about all those you walk past, and it's not a lot. Yeah, and everyone I've walked past never had a tag. Oh, exactly. So exactly. Yeah. It's one of those things where pretty cheap insurance, and you mm-hmm. can really get us uh, like a species that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you solely hunted a wolverine. Oh, you'd know. never kill one. You wouldn't even see one. I know. I'd, I, I'd yeah. hate to see how much time it would take. Yeah. 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 Like, I think I've with seen with like boat. four in my life <laughs> yeah, with archery wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That'd be a tough racket. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if I was going into a northern area and there was bonus species where you just bought the tag and a trophy fee, mm-hmm. I would have every single one of those in my pocket. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're not going to Africa without a mitt full of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, meals change now. We're going, <clears throat> you know, kudu hunting. We're yeah, going this. Yeah, adapt to it because I mean, when a big boar is there, I mean, I'd be sad to walk away from if you get the oh, opportunity. Oh yeah,
2: heartbreaking. So yeah, that, that's what we have to do. We just as we as we learn more from the basically the best way to learn is by screwing up. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah. um you know, we had a good season, but like things like the bears, like we're just sorta like we kinda know like what we have to do to to get more bears, right? Yep. We can do it. The bears are there, so we just have to like learn from yep. learn from this year and uh we'll do we'll do a better job next year for sure of mm-hmm. getting more bears.
1: And back to the sheep, what uh what were the average ages? Like you harvested thirteen sheep? Mm-hmm and what 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 were they for size and age and we that sort were of thing?
2: um we were pretty much a 10 10 year old average nice so that was awesome that yep. was that was really good that's kind of what we wanted to like set as a goal yeah um we got a lot of broom sheep um the best sheep we got chad and morgan guided and it was uh it was like 39 and a half on both sides just like your typical like gorgeous ram yeah um the kind of rams that i never get <laughs> um every every time i go into a group of rams it's like there's some old broomed off freak and that's the one i end up shooting so i don't know not the beauty queen no i just i never i don't know i never see those kinds of Fancier i just animals. never see those kinds of sheep and it's crazy like my buddy gary like he always gets like these fancy ass tipped rams and I'm like I never see Rams like that. I all the Rams I got are I like broomed rams too, but um yeah, that was our best sheep of the year was was that one that Chad and Morgan got. Yep. And yeah, and then we held on to a about a ten year average. So That's awesome. Super. It was really good.
1: For anyone that didn't see the first podcast, we discussed that quite a bit on uh people talk people's negative perception on trophy hunting mm-hmm. versus just hunting to fill the freezer Mm -hmm. and you had a really cool spin on that that those trophy rams so would you say 10 and up are the ones that are no longer breeding probably
2: there might be a few that are 10 that are still doing their thing but in their bonus years if they're at
0: for sure for
1: sure that seven to nine is where they're in their prime and they're yeah they're doing those rounds those
2: rams are totally doing all the breeding so any ram you get that's 10 uh 10 plus or something is yeah, he's likely in his bonus years for sure. So I thought that was an excellent. I, I've never heard it laid out like that. That you
1: take those big old ones, and instead of I'm going for the trophy, you know what? You're you're working in more of a conservation mode mm-hmm. than in a than anything else because mm-hmm. you take out all those
2: seven and eight year old rams. Now there's your prime breeding stock gone yeah, out of the herd. Gone. So they're gone, and then likely your that 12 year old that's maybe in that band or maybe he's on the other side of the hill, he's probably going to die in the winter time anyway. Yep. So you just kind of, you yep. just kind of screwed yourself by yep. killing a, a, a ram. So, um, uh, ages, is, age is the most important thing for, as a sheep guide, like it really is like, and um, what's, what's that like at 600 yards? Like, cause,
1: uh, you, you said Joe's ram was 500 yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we talked a couple of days ago when you were saying a lot of your, rams a season were well over 400 yards Mm -hmm. um so what's that like i mean when i when i got on my ram and was looking at two three hundred yards and we're counting rings and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. it's it was still difficult i mean you get that perfect angle and then they got their head tilted and you're trying to see does it Mm -hmm. is it full curl and how many years is it is that a false annuli on it Mm -hmm. there's there's so
2: much to it how does that happen at five to six hundred yards is it just experience i think so i think it's (laughs) totally experience and um you can judge a lot by like we talked last time a little bit about like the sheep's body and the sheep's behavior and stuff. And, um, the last, I'll, I'll just talk about like the last sheep hunt we did was me and my friend Cass did it together. And, uh, we were just grinding away. Couldn't, couldn't find anything mature. We've seen a couple rams that were, uh, seven, eight that we're just like, no, no, we got to find something older. And then we've seen this ram that was just like, Black horns. We see bl- dark horns. That's a really good indicator of age. No, oh, okay. That's a that's a good one. So yep. we've seen this ram all by himself, which is again is a is a good clue, right? Usually, yep. like seven eight year old rams are they're never by themselves, Hey, gotcha. So we've seen this ram by himself, long ways away. Dark horns, super low slung, but he's tipped. He's not even close to being curl. Yeah. And we were kind of at that spot where we're like, man, we have to like, we climbed all the way up this mountain. And we have to drop all the way back down. But like me and Cass were both like, it was too far to age, but we were both like that sheep has, he's got a, he's got a suede back. He's got a big belly. He's got a Roman nose. He's got black horns. He's by himself. We're like, he's probably going to be like a 10 year old ram. So we're like, let's, let's go for it. So we made this big play off the mountain. And uh, I ended up staying on top of this ridge, giving her and John the hunter hand signals. They they snuck down, and then I I kind of started aging it from. I I was getting good rings from about 800 yards. I was wow. like I was like yeah. That, I think that thing's like nine for sure. Yep. And then they snuck into like 450, and then Cast was like, yeah, it's like nine or ten. They shot it, and we rolled over the canyon. And yeah, ten years old. It was.
0: It you was got perfect. pictures of this one too. I do. I'll send. Perfect, I'll send we'll those into. Too.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I think it's, I think a lot of it's just the more times you do it, the the better it gets. And I was, I was kind of like an ongoing joke this year because every (laughs) single sheep I got this year, I was like, yep, got a 12 year old or a 10 year old. And then we'd take it to Haynes and get it aged. And they were like 11, nine, and they Jewed me on every (laughs) single sheep. Every sheep I got, I got screwed by a year or whatever. So, whenever yep. somebody asked me, like, how old was it? It was just like, haha, like, you don't know. Not anyway. a year or two. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, it was kind of an ongoing joke. But, yeah. And I guess that's,
1: that just comes, like, you've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of rams in your years of guiding, probably that you've had your eyes on. Mm, not thousands. H- hundreds, hundreds, not hundreds not of not thousands. No. And so, few more years yet yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. but but it's just by having something to compare to that you know what you're looking for mm-hmm. that your mm-hmm. green hunter like me wouldn't be picking it out as quick and easy the i mean mm-hmm. you guys gave me all kinds of phenomenal information like that swayed back the the roman nose looking for those things how low are those are the horns mm-hmm. and stuff like that but again i i it's, wasn't willing to pull the trigger until yeah. the other guys i was with absolutely were, even though and and i'll get into this in uh I'll be bringing in the crew that I hunted with for a podcast, but I mean, I saw my ram at 18 yards mm-hmm. for for a few moments and mm-hmm. had no gun in my hand. And yeah. we'll get into that at a later date. But but at that point, I was like, "Oh, that's that's full curl." I didn't have a chance to count, but I snapped a couple pictures because I had yeah. a camera instead of a gun in my hands, yeah. and I'm an idiot yeah. for that. But <laughs> yeah, but uh,
0: Snap but yeah, with
1: that, I mean, I still <laughs> went back. What do you guys think? And, and at this point, they ran out to about 600 yards and then we spent another couple hours yeah because they stopped moving they bedded down they were hanging out mm-hmm. and uh, we spent the time and we were we I wanted to make sure everyone was in agreement before I hiked out there to yeah to poke a shot at yeah. it so yeah and at 600 yards I mean we got some great photos that that we'll throw up to that uh can see kind of what we were looking at mm-hmm. through the spotting scope and stuff, but mm-hmm. but again, it's it's one of those things. I will not pull the trigger unless I know for a yeah, fact. It's, and Absolutely. it's nerve wracking. Even you oh, think yeah.
0: that guy's got experience, you mm. are still always second guessing. Unless yourself,
1: it's to a unless it's like crazy beyond crazy its nose. obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, like Libby's ram. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: or yeah, or one of my biggest stones. I mean, there was a fist over its nose and broomed as heavy as yeah. a coke can. Yeah, yeah. Well, that one's legal. Yeah,
2: yeah. no I've questions. seen it
0: from 14 miles away, mm-hmm. and it's like <laughs> legal ram, you know, yeah. when the horn looks like it's touching again. Yeah. yeah. But you you can count how many of those you've seen on one hand, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. And most of them are dead. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and the age average in BC is always less than the territories. Like, oh, okay. it's, it's harder to kill you know you, like oh. a 12 or 13 year old ram yeah. in bc they do not they there's not many rams like that that get killed right there's yeah. there's a lot more pressure out there and if they do it's probably going to be more of an outfitter kill in, yeah, a, in okay. a remote area whereas yeah. in the territories you, you know you can still get crazy old rams because they haven't been chased out there's after, no right? no not as there, much pressure. not as much not as much so speaking of that
1: in your neck of the woods what is what is the pressure like like can a resident hunter get in right
2: to hunt right beside where you're there's a few places that um there's a few places they can access and like I didn't personally see any residents but I seen um I seen a few boot prints I seen a couple like um you know like the the climbing pole yep. you yeah you know those there. guys yeah. yeah I seen a lot of those little divots going up a ridge <laughs> in a couple spots and I was like yeah oh, frick but um there's a few places they can access but um it's it's not too bad and yep. ultimately there's I don't know there's like 60,000 people in the whole Yukon and yeah. 30 of them are in Whitehorse and there's a good there's a good core group of hunters um based out of Whitehorse. Um thankfully we're really good friends with a lot of those guys so um they've all kind of said to me and Rob they're like yeah well, we're now that you guys got that area, we're probably going to stay out of it. So yeah, yeah. I hopefully they, hopefully they do. Cause those guys are killers. So <laughs> <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah, They know yeah. what they're doing. And they're going yeah, for the, they know ones. what they're doing. Yeah. And like we touched on last time, it's like 10% of sheep hunters kill 90% of the sheep. Yeah. It's the same guys that kill sheep every year. And it's the same guys that don't. Right. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's like the certain guys that you're like, Ooh, that guy's going in here. Damn.
0: Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yet. Um, well, getting back to the BC Rams and and there's not a lot of old ones. Like for example, one of the nicest nicest ones I've seen this year was Chase Oswalds. Mm-hmm. How old was that
2: one? You know? uh, I think it
0: was nine. Yeah, I think it was and so nine. So one of the sheet. nicest ones we've Beautiful seen sheet. is sheet. only
2: nine. Beautiful sheep. But but yeah. It's not growth, a ten or twelve year.
0: But growth rings like crazy. like yeah. it had very good, good eats. You know, yeah, just oh, he rate.
2: was genetically a wicked ram. Like yeah. they yeah. they got him and his buddy Jeff got a double header and like Chase's ram like body size was enormous right <laughs> and anytime you see um anytime there's a ram with like 14 inch bases or something he always has an enormous body to carry because he's eating lots every yeah every ram that's heavy yes their body sizes are are huge it's it's not an accident it's always it's always like that <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. interesting yeah
0: no and then yeah the same thing some of the biggest rams you'll you get 42 inch rams are seven years old and like up in the Toshotis and stuff like that once in a while, and it's like mm-hmm. wow, yeah, you know, yeah, 40 plus seven years old, like growth rings like this far apart. It's like, mm-hmm. and then you'll get the same ram standing next to it, it's 13 years old, and it's like 32 inches, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're like, what's exactly. the difference, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. If they're living yeah. in the same area, how are they eating different, but just genetics, exactly. but it's the same
0: thing. Yeah. You just walk down the street, how many seven foot six you got six f- people do you see? You got a
1: five day? foot tall guy and a t- seven foot mm-hmm. tall guy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's just genetics, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. with. With kind of all that in mind, what are your this season? You took thirteen rams out of there. What are you are you gonna do anything different based off what you saw um, and did this year? For yeah, next year? I
2: think like just talking to Rob and Mark and stuff. I think I think the consensus like we'll probably try to shoot for more like maybe like ten rams or something just so we can maintain a good um, a good age average. Like we don't we don't have a there's no quota on the sheep, so we could ultimately take twenty sheep if we want, but. What it's, is that? It's not the longevity of yeah, the business? It's, it's not yeah. sustainable at all, right? So we've, yeah, we have a lot of respect for the sheep and the land, and um, I think like I think ten rams is is uh, is good. You know, I think ten rams we can maintain uh, a ten year average, and then there might be some instances like we have a few rams that are like we call them guide rams because they're got one horn or they're they're twisted freaks or whatever, yeah. right? So you're you're, you're american hunters coming up they're not gonna they don't want they don't want to shoot sheep like that so we might be able to like what i ultimately would like to do and i've talked to rob about this too is like get you know just some like my local local friends of ours that would like really want a doll sheep but just can't like like people like all of us like we just can't afford it right so you know we can probably get you know maybe target 10 rams but if there's a couple that are one horned or really old or just something that a hunter's not going to take. Like yeah. we might be able to take like a couple, maybe Harvest one or two freaks. like accessory sheep yep. that they're the mountain or the wolf's going to take them anyway, kind yep. of thing. So, yep. Yep. so I think that's kind of our, do
0: you think you guys kind of would break goal. your blocks instead of having four hunters do a three? Yeah. We're talking about, tier?
2: we're talking about maybe doing that instead, maybe doing that instead. Yeah, and then we can um, kind of, then we don't have to like, and, th- yeah, then yeah. we don't have to maybe sit out a hunt, you know, where if we did 400 blocks and then all of a sudden, oh, we got 10 rams, but it's like two weeks till moose season, right? Now, and like now what are we going to do? Like yeah. we could cut trail. There's always, there's Work. always <laughs> stuff to do, but yeah, maybe we've talked about that. Maybe like maybe mm-hmm. do 300 mm-hmm. blocks and then like, and hopefully we can, you know, maintain our crew, keep the same people we had because yep. they were amazing too, right? So, yeah. And horses too. Like,
0: yeah, you give a break if in mm-hmm. between certain hunts, and then get into the combo type stuff after, and yep. maybe bump back up to four block. Right? Yeah, you yeah,
1: know? for sure. But I think a lot of people um, that view hunting as bad for the environment, bad for animals, bad for all these sorts of things, don't hear and see kind of what you were just talking about that you're focused on the conservation let's keep the numbers up let's cut the number of hunters back let's do this so we can keep the quality of sheep up in there Mm -hmm. and herd size is important because like Mm -hmm. you say there's no sustainability if you wipe out all the sheep in the next five years no exactly um and i I think one of the biggest disservices that's ever happened to hunters was bambi because i mean (laughs) you think before that people hunted to for food Mm -hmm. and then bambi came out and and villainized the hunter yeah Yeah. and i think there's a lot of things that change there and then the hunter... Yeah, moving you better f-
0: come in, t- in styrofoam trays <clears throat> because otherwise it's not ethically sourced.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, from Bambi on, we see the the hunter as the dumb guy that drives around in the truck shooting everything and, and just kind of just that whole, like I say, villainizing of hunters. But a lot of people that aren't in the hunting world would, wouldn't understand until they sit down and talk to someone like right, you right. that a lot of the hardcore hunters and are conservationists. Oh, yeah. People Best in this inder- industry are putting money back into the industry, mm-hmm. are paying attention to the numbers and, and, and changing how many are harvested and mm-hmm. focusing on the harvests yep. and, and tags and allotment and things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's, yep. I think that's really important that, that we all in this industry have to focus on that and get that word out there. Yep. And there's, there's a new organization that just started up, One Campfire. Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. So an offshoot of the Wild Sheep Society that uh or, or they partner with the wild sheep yep. and it's about getting that information out there that hunting is a sustainable product and mm-hmm. we're all enjoying the outdoors and let's work together on that yeah and just because you're a vegetarian or a vegan or whatever doesn't mean we can't all sit around and the same campfire and, and enjoy the great outdoors yep. right so yep. no, i think that's that's very important so i love that you bring that sort of thing up so mm-hmm. so people that may not be interested in this content. Might hear a different spin for sure than they're used to. For sure, yeah. Uh, so yeah, change, changing your numbers. You <clears throat> started to mention you had a, a pretty kick-ass crew. Mm. Do you want to get into the crew a little bit? Uh,
2: Absolutely. Guys that you're working with. And- um, yeah. So I'll just start. Like, <clears throat> I think that was like my. That was probably my biggest takeaway from the season was just like how much fun I had um, with the crew. And I was just, like, really, really proud of everybody because um, whenever there's, like, a new outfit that comes up, a lot of people will wait until it's proven before they want to work there Yeah, you know so a lot of like i know um like my friend glenda at canal outfitters like she's just like kicking ass doing so good and same with like raven's throat they're like new outfits and now a lot of people want to go there because it's it's proven but what i was really proud about with all of us is that like our crew um our crew like took a took a real chance on on coming here in their first year and we had we had guys from guys and girls from uh, Canal, South Nahanni, Bluestone Mackenzie um, Mountain outfitters like like some of the best out oh Dan Reynolds, some of the best outfits out there and they kind of like, took a chance on, like, a new kind venture. of the, yeah, it's, yep. like, the unknown, right? Yep. Like, they had, they had, like, this amazing experience, but they're, like, I wonder what it's going to be like there. It could be, because it could be really bad, or it could be, <laughs> it could be, like, amazingly well. So, everybody just, everybody was super brave, and it just took a lot of balls. So, I was just really proud of everybody. So, um, yeah, I'll just go through everybody, really. Like, um so, like,
0: pilots did you guys run?
2: One pilot. One pilot, yeah. Okay. One pilot. Um, I'll talk about John and Sylvia in a bit, but like, so I guess, well, Rob's the outfitter and I'm just his voice tonight because he didn't want to do this. He's like, <laughs> I was like, you want to do this podcast, Rob? The, he's like, ah, nah, you, you can have this one. but you can't do a podcast with it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was just, I was really proud of my brother for like taking that next, um, just that next chapter of his life because he went from being like a basically a head guide at stands to like being an outfitter is extremely stressful like you're you're not just hunting you're managing people and manage you're just there's so much behind the scenes that we don't even realize so uh, for my brother at a young age to like take that on i was super proud of him he did. I think he did an awesome job for his first year. And then his girlfriend Sig came up. Um, so yeah, she quit her job at the bank, came up to cook. Oh wow. Um, and she did awesome too. Like it's that's another thing. Like when you when you just cook meals at home for, for your man or whatever. It's like for it's not man. that big of a deal. But <laughs> yeah, so she kind of got. Yeah, like everybody in a sense got like thrown to the wolves, yep. right? Cuz it's your first year. Yep. And Sig just did she did an awesome job. She like maintained a, a positive attitude and she just kind of constantly was like evolving in the kitchen. Like she did she did a super awesome job. So um and then I'll start with the guides. So I'll go I'll start with the horse people cuz they're not my people. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess the first guy um, the first guy Rob hired was Stevie Hanson. He hired him in the winter time. So Stevie started with Rob, they started breaking horses um, and then Stevie's also a farrier by trade. Nice. And he's guided for um, Bluestone in BC and um, Midnight Sun in the Yukon has a lot of experience. And uh, so Stevie stayed through throughout the entire sheep season and um, everybody played like a super pivotal role in the outfit and and Stevie definitely did like they started out with horses that were like lots of them were rank unbroke horses and like Stevie Stevie and Rob with his help like got them to hunter ready horses in a in a short amount of time so um yeah Stevie just did an amazing job this year he probably he took on so much responsibility himself and he he probably lost more weight than any of the guides. <laughs> he was there was nothing left of him. Like he he just worked his ass off all season long and uh yeah, I'm just super, super proud of Stevie. So That's awesome. Yeah. And uh the next horse person was Chad Digby and uh Chad um Chad has a ton of like bighorn hunting experience. He hasn't done as much on the guiding end, but for people that um haven't hunted bighorns i think i think if you're i think a bighorn sheep is probably the equivalent of like killing three doll sheep that's how much harder it is so so chad chad kind of got thrown to he kind of got thrown to the wolves a little bit he did two hunts with rob and um and rob just kind of rob was the guide chad was along and um they just kind of after two hunts rob was like I think Chad's Chad's doing good. I think I think we're gonna kick him loose, and uh, and Chad just like Chad just hit it out of the park after that. That's he awesome. was just stacking up critters left and right. He did yeah, he did just an amazing job. So um, I guess the next horse person um, would be Morgan Dorch. We hired her. She got hired basically um, basically as a wrangler, but she did like so much more for us. She was. Just constantly working from sun up to sundown. down. Um, she was like a um, just like a super refreshing face um, in the industry. Like super super passionate about the mountains, the outdoors, the people. Um, I had a lot of respect for the land. I did a hunt with her, and it was probably like one of the funnest hunts I've ever had. Like so many laughs, and yeah, she's gonna have a bright future. I was super super proud of her, and uh, and then we had Dan Shepard, and I can't even say much about Dan because he said like five words all season. <laughs> so I'm like, he's like, he's hardworking, he's a, like the biggest sweetheart of a guy, but I'm like, yeah, trying to have a conversation with him, like Dan, like, what's on your mind, dude? You know? And uh, I didn't I didn't get a whole lot. Uh, of response out to Dan, but uh, Dan worked his butt off too. He did a great job. And, uh, and then the backpackers, <clears throat> there was myself. I'm not even talking about myself. And uh, I guess the first one at the start of the year was Gary Cruikshank. So Gary, um,
0: AKA, Donnie AKA
2: Donnie Chinook, who <coughs> me and me and Gary slash Donnie, we did our first, our first season together at stands. We were like rookies And we kind of got paired together and we're just like, uh, we're just like, we have the same twisted, screwed up sense of humor. (laughs) And we're just like, me and Rob and Gary have kind of just been best friends for years. So Gary guided for us for years with, at Stans, he guided with us. And then he went to Dan Reynolds. And then this year he was kind of like, sort of done with guiding, but then he was like, he just really wanted to be... A part of this for for Rob, I felt, yep. and he um, he stayed on. He came back, did did three hunts with us, and like Gary just hit it out of the park. He's just he's he's one of those guys. Like when Gary's out there with a hunter, like you just have like the utmost amount of confidence in him. Yep he has so much respect for the land and the animals that he hunts and he, he just always delivers and, and you go to bed like with your, your jaw and your sides hurt from like laughing all day. Right. That's, that's the kind of person Gary is. Yep. And the, the next person is, um, Cass Karen. So Cass came from South Nahanni. Um, and then she did some backpack hunts for us. She killed our first grizzly bear ever, our first moose ever. And then we did, a um me and her did that doll sheep hunt together Yeah. she's like guy girl doesn't matter she's like one of the best hunters sheep hunters on the planet she's amazing so she killed she got to shoot a guide ram for herself this year at south nahani and then she guided for us then she went home then she killed a bighorn like this was her fourth bighorn she's killed in her life <laughs> like she's this girl's on another level yeah she's a tremendous friend of mine and she was just like super amazing that's awesome super amazing and then we had two guys um return from the old outfitter um dominic and lucas so they guided for the olmsteads they came up and did um like the riverboat moose hunts for us and yeah without them like oh man we'd have been screwed like running rivers and stuff and these guys were just like good at like more bush moose hunting because to the rest of us it was very very like new to us and then navigating the rivers and stuff. Those yep. guys were just like, what do you got for boats?
0: Um,
2: John boats, John boat. Yeah. That's what they're called. John boats. Yeah. Yeah. 40 horse. Jet yeah. On yeah. John boats.
0: Yeah. yeah they're pretty good. They're
2: pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're pretty good. Um, another. Yeah. Learning curves. right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. They're yep. pretty good. Let's but
0: say Nathan can operate feet. No boats, no horses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, pretty much, pretty yeah. much, yeah, yeah.
0: The
2: uh, that's the crew in a nutshell. That's awesome. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so and so out of that
0: crew, guides, yeah, mm-hmm. and out of that
1: crew, are they all returning next year? Do you have any idea? Yeah, or? I hope so. Yeah,
2: I hope so. I think Rob hopes so too. Yeah, because yeah, everybody did. Everybody did awesome.
1: And they've all got the first year under them, so they kind of know what to expect for next yeah, year. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure.
0: And are you guys hoping they all come back? Booking, you're doing a. Go down to the sheep show, do a sh- thing down there. Uh, Rob mm. probably will. I don't know if I will, but yeah. but there'll be something. There'll be
2: yeah, there'll be some bookings going on down yeah. there for sure. Yeah, you guys mm-hmm. aren't
0: fully sold out for next year.
2: I think there's a few spots left yeah, for next year.
0: It uh, didn't sound like tons, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So so if someone's a,
2: looking. Making,
1: they may be able to squeak in for a hunt still for next year. Maybe, yeah. maybe, possibly. I don't <laughs> think
2: sheep. I think sheep are all booked up. Okay. but there might be a couple other things. Yep. Moose, caribou. Up. Couple other options, maybe yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Grizzly yeah. bear, get a mm-hmm. bear while you're for up there. Sure. chasing yeah, for moves. sure, for mm-hmm.
1: sure. Excellent. Uh, back to the, um, we're going to kind of loop back around to the all the long range shots taken on sheep.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With the new technology that's out there now, um, what what are you guys? What what are all the crews that you got up there shooting with? Like when it comes to optics and stuff like that. Like there's holdover systems inside the reticles there's custom turret systems like, like mm, everybody everybody's is...
2: pretty much running a custom turret now okay pretty much pretty much or some of them like zeiss will have both right they got those yeah what do they call the rapid
0: z or something yeah but, they've got a couple different variations yeah. but basically a <clears throat> ballistic reticle that is tunable to your, your caliber velocity etc yeah. etc et mm-hmm. and then you just have to <clears throat> adjust power accordingly mm-hmm. but no uh,
2: everybody's pretty much running custom turrets like for the sheep stuff the moose stuff's a little more traditional it's bush hunting it's like more three to nines and stuff like but but pretty much everybody now on a on a sheep hunt is is running some sort of custom turret for sure yeah so there's like there's night force huskama zeiss vortex like leopold pretty much you name it everybody's got something different but kind of all the same sort of same idea in the end right and, and, and just back to our sponsor, Ballistics Targeting Systems, they've got the ballistic
1: calculator. You can laser etch a custom turret, or at a better price point, you can get a waterproof uh, yardage deckle to wrap your turret in. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if you are working up loads, you can do multiple deckles at a much better price than aluminum turrets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I've learned, out-
0: a lot of the customers that I deal with, too, on a day-to-day basis, they'll pull a one-off hunt. Say they're a typical moose hunt guy. They pull the one-off hunt, they pull a tag somewhere they phone up for a ballistic wrap to just do the turret because they're going to do a 6,000 feet. And they're going to do yeah. a single hunt and they're like, yeah. this is probably the only time I'm going to get to do this. Yeah. So like, I don't need a second turd; I just need one for that specific location, etc. Mm-hmm. At a much Which, better price. Yeah, a much better <clears throat> price. And, or you can take three different stickers with you because if you have a hot, hot, dry year or if you have a cold, cold year, you can literally rip that off, put on your low temp one and give her. Yep. Right? Like yeah. Like it's that fast.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, versus having like a drawer full of you know, etched ones, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: and another quick plug for ballistics, <clears throat> they partnered with Vortex this month, actually, uh, to offer a free custom turret decal. So you only have to pay shipping to get it to you. Vortex is paying for the custom turret decal, mm-hmm. And uh, if you want a custom turret, laser etched turret, they knock 50 bucks off. Mm-hmm. So yeah, excellent time to get in if you're running Vortex products because mm-hmm. they cover a good chunk of the cost. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah it, I've been using the ballistic turrets now for about seven or eight years. And I won't go back yep. to not having one for sure. And
0: yeah, then, for sure, based on misses. Now, think about is this early. a Joe dig again? No. <laughs> well, try not to go <laughs> there. But if, if someone I, was to I miss I think grizzly. about earlier, you know, times and guiding and different things like that before a lot of the good oh, yeah, stuff yeah. happened. You think of the 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 four hundred yard plus shooting that occurred before. It was a wild card.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now, people were still doing it, yeah, right. I held over his back, I think about a foot, yeah, or
0: what, like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and at the top of the, I mean, you think about how many misses you've seen in a season here, and it's probably a a lot less than it would be without that kind of equipment, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: the one, the one caveat I have to throw in is we can, like, a person could have. $20,000 $20,000 worth of gear and still miss every animal they pointed at. Oh, You've yeah. got to get out cross. Fix. That doesn't
0: fix you. No. no,
1: And that's kind of the number one thing when customers come in and they ask, uh, about the ethics of long-range shooting, long-range hunting. And I, I tell them, it's, we know what the equipment is capable of doing, but you as a shooter, you got to get it in practice. If mm-hmm. you're not shooting confident in what your equipment can do, shoot it at multiple yardages to know that, you know what, I can hit this this coffee cup at 600 yards yeah. or 400 yards or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas before, well, I held about a foot over it and yeah. hoping to hit it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's Now remember,
0: a, money will buy you the best of the best, yeah. but money also buys you a shooting school or a seminar to get schooled up on it, yeah. mm-hmm. right? So yeah. think about that in a lot of ways is that, yeah, take yeah. your equipment, get schooled up on it. Yeah. Uh, because familiarity with it and just confidence in it, you're going to crush it. It's it's not even funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if I'm going on a paid hunt somewhere, I don't care if it's Kyrgyzstan, this, that, all over the world, yeah, you're going to bring good equipment. Yep. Yeah. And I yeah. want to know that when I lay down, I'm responsible for knowing what's going on, and I'm not relying on what someone else told me to do. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's there. For sure, yeah. And then rely on your guide to tell you the distance, know your elevation where you're at, get her done. Yeah, Um,
2: yeah,
0: 100%. It's a huge difference, yeah.
1: Any other success stories from the season that you want to discuss or just focus on a couple there? Or or any things that you'd do different because maybe there were some – not so <laughs> enjoyable <laughs> hunts that were still quite memorable.
2: Uh, I don't know. I I think a lot of this, a lot of stuff's out of my hands. I think there's only so much I could do as a guide. I mean, there's hunters that probably could have showed up in better shape and that sort of thing, I guess. But, I mean, for the most part, everybody everybody did really good. So, yeah, um, um, yeah I don't know. I mean, success stories, like, probably probably two hunts that stood out for me. Other ones were I did a hunt with Morgan and I did a hunt with Cass and it was just really fun. Like hunting with somebody else as well. And like, you can like a two on
0: one. Yeah. Yeah. Two
2: guides, one hunter. And, (laughs) um, there's, there's like less pressure on me, but I don't, I don't know. I don't really put much pressure on myself. I just do the best I can. And I don't like year one of guiding, like, holy frick you're nervous right it doesn't matter who you are you're yeah. one you're just like oh this is intense but yeah. now i i've just sort of like i'll just do hunt, hunt as hard as i can do the best i can but it was just it was just fun to like hunt with hunt with somebody else and just have like lots of good laughs and just um and you can always learn from somebody even if somebody's um somebody's like young, like Morgan, like I can still, I can still learn just as much from her as she can from me or whatever. And, um, so yeah, those, those are just good takeaways for me that just, yeah. Uh, Uh,
1: if a person was to, uh, do a little comparison, I mean, you worked for Stan for how many years? Uh, eight years. And so comparing those eight years with Stan to what you just did this year, big differences between the U-
2: hunting up in the Yukon versus when you were working for Stan? Um, I think it's kind of like apples and oranges. It's, I think it's, I think it's very similar. Really. The end, the end result is the same. I think, I think it's ultimately just the behavior of the animals that was different. Yep. Like it stands, it was just more, it was more what I was used to or say what me and Greg were used to in BC. Like it'd be, you know, bands of sheep, you'd see, you know, maybe six or eight or something. And in the Yukon, like it was common for us to see 12 to 20 rams together. That was super common. And then, um, I think I did, I did five sheep hunts this year. Um, two of the rams we killed were literally right with ewes and lambs. And I've never, ever done that before. And then the other ones were, I would say within, um, Oh, within 500 yards of using lambs right so that was extremely rare because i mean usually usually they're on usually they can kind of see each other using lambs but they'll might be a whole mountain range apart from each other and that's kind of traditional right yeah and um so that was a huge difference and then i think the moose was the moose was very different too like in the yukon there um they still spend their summers up really high when they're in the velvet right they're tentative with their horns but once the rut comes all the moose just pour down to the river bottoms and congregate there and that's how you hunt them there and it stands some of them come down to the river but predominantly all of our moose hunts at stands we did in high elevation hunting high elevation willow valleys yeah that's... and they stayed there all year all rut all everything and Come September in the Yukon, those places there's n- there's no moose to be had. Like no, they're yeah. all down. Yep. So it was just um, it wasn't really better or worse in any way. It was just very different. And right? have to learn the cycles of the animals because
1: they're totally different. Yeah,
2: absolutely, the m- absolutely. So hunt and... just just different, right? It was yep. just different. But the numbers were good. The numbers were similar. We had all oh, me. We, we had great years at stands and yep. and we had a great year this year too. So that's awesome. It's just different. It's just different. That's all I can really say to it. Yep. Yep well now that see now that the season is over have you taken any time to do a little hunting for yourself or with friends or do any mm. other hunting i've been kind of focusing a lot on the kids but i did um did like one goat hunt down south um so me and stevie who i mentioned are our, our horse dude yep we went down <laughs> um horse dude yeah it's no like horse. i have no it's like i have no respect for horse people because i can't even saddle my own horse but no um me and him we went down did a hunt um and actually on our way
0: i spotted the goat that they killed He's, <laughs> the week before the, just yeah. putting it up. anyway there. he stole greg was it. he nowhere stole to it be. from my greg was nowhere to be seen <laughs>
2: yeah. um so we went down there and then our friend lisa mears had a draw on one side of the river and then we were on the other side of the river. So we were going to, there, th- kind of the spot we were, we were going to drive over to Lisa's side and then you can glass like all the front of our zone. Right. Yeah. So we go over there and Lisa's there and we didn't know she was going to be there. So we were kind of um, just having a little BS with her and Cody and whatnot. And then Stevie looks up on her zone and he's like, Oh, there's a grizzly bear. And then I looked on another spot and was like, Oh, there's a f- pretty nice Billy. And then Lisa was like, you guys should like, do you guys want to come with us today? And, <laughs> and I, and I was like, I, I did, but I was like, Stevie, like we got a weekend. It's totally your call, dude. And, yep. and he was like being the good person he is. He's like, yeah, let's do it, man. So we, uh, we went off, pulled a stock. Lisa made a wicked shot at 600 yards, um, drops her first goat. Uphill shot, six hundred yards. Six hundred yards. First uphill shot, and um, like I got a pretty good scope dinger here. So Lisa, Lisa cut herself from like from my first wrinkle to my last wrinkle. Hey, <laughs> um, like one of the worst scope wounds I've ever seen. Right, and that happens uphill. <clears throat> yeah, it was it was brutal. Right, yeah. so she was she was like. I told her I was doing a podcast tonight. She's like, "Don't tell them about the scope thing." I am just like, <laughs> "That's like, of course I'm going to tell them about the scope Big thing. It's part gonna of the, be story. the It's going to be the best part of the whole flipping podcast." Yep. Yeah. And uh so anyway, so the next day, so they went home and uh Steve is like, "What do you want to do the next day?" I'm like, "Well, let's go to the back. We'll go to the back side of the mountain." Um
0: there kind was of, nothing out front. Eight. There
2: was nothing out front. So we're like, I'm like, it was real stormy. I'm like, there's probably, hopefully there's something on the backside. And uh, we go back there and literally within like the same ridge I got a goat on last year, like 200 yards away, there's another Billy. Like, <laughs> right, same spot. And it was just like, it was just like crazy because Stevie's like, well, how are we going to, like, how do you want to stalk him? And I was like, man, I, like last year we'll just, walk up the same ridge we did and uh so we go up there we hike up the same ridge um and i it was it's kind of one of these stupid ridges with all these little little fake rises yeah. and i thought the goat was going to be a little further away and i kind of poked up over this one ridge and the goat's like 20 yards away looking at me <laughs> hey. and i was like shit i'm like stevie <clears> grab <throat> your gun and uh it was so cold. Like he he go he goes to shoot, and his like scope cap was like kind of like frozen on the back of the gun. <laughs> so he pops it off, and the goat's like running downhill into these cliffs. He shoots at it twice, misses, and uh, it was just like it, the the mountain kind of went like this, and then it just drops straight off, and then there was a huge bowl, right? Yeah. And we couldn't see, um, we just couldn't see anything. We're just like the goat is he's here he's like right here and we yeah. just can't see him and so i kind of went out on this little perch and then i looked and then there he was look he's just looking at me like 100 yards away he's sitting on this ledge so i'm giving stevie hand signals and uh it's steep it's crazy steep so stevie's like inching down this hill inching down and uh and he like kicks a he kicks this big ice ball loose from from under his foot, and the ice ball comes down and hits this goat right in the face. And the, and <laughs> the goat's the goat shakes his head. And I was like yelling at him. I'm like, you hit it with a friggin' snowball, but you can't hit it with a bullet. And uh, so like, does he not see it or what? No, because it's so steep. Uh, it's so yeah. steep. So I'm like yelling at him, and the yep. goat the goat's like 100 yards from me. I can see him and Stevie in the binoculars yep. at the same time, and I'm just like losing my mind because <laughs> he's literally 30 yards away and he can't see it holy and he finally gets to 20 yards and then he's like oh and then he sees it shoots it and the goat thankfully it kind of like it kind of dove off a bit of a ledge but then it, it was there was so much snow that it just kind of went like this Yep. right in the bottom of the basin and yep. that's where he stayed right so it was just it was so awesome right so cause Stevie's a Alberta resident. So this year was his first year of residency. Yep. Mountain goats, like number one on his priority list. Right. So, uh, we get down to the goat. It's just a wicked nine inch Billy. um, and he was just like oh man this has been like such a good weekend like we helped Lisa out and then i got my goat and it's just like good good karma like always go comes back to repay you and then on the way so we're like we got goats on the front of the bike and the back of the bike and we're doubling out and we get almost down to the truck (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, a little reach around (laughs) and uh, we get almost down to the truck and there's this freaking big brown bear on the road, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> and I didn't, I just kind of sat there and the bear just sat there and looked at me and I kind of looked at Stevie and I was like, have, have you shot a brown bear? No. <laughs> like, do, do you do want to? Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> and uh, the bear's just standing there. So I had like my winch line wrapped over my, my gun because I had like <laughs> out of stock. So I like zing, like <laughs> relax the winch. Stevie pulls the gun out. Lays down, shoots. The bear just quickly wheels in the bush, and I was like, "Did you hit it?" And he's like, "I think so." And then what we just—what was he shooting? Uh, my 264. Oh, nice. And then we just waited for like 10 seconds, and then we heard the death moan. And then Stevie started laughing so hard, and then and then his eyes just like filled up with tears, and it was just like, he was just like, "I just can't believe this weekend, man. Like this was like so." Yeah. Freaking amazing, man. So I was just like so beyond proud for him, right? So, and he's shot lots of other animals, yeah, like lots of other animals, but yeah. he's never killed a goat and never killed a brown bear, and he yeah. got them like three hours apart from each other. Yeah. So it was wicked, man. Yeah, it just capped off a awesome hunting season for me. Yeah, I never shot a thing, and I had like one of my most memorable seasons I've ever had. So,
1: yeah, it was awesome. That's pretty cool. It was awesome. Yeah, it's about the adventure and the experience, not. I got an animal. Yeah, it's a better yeah.
0: point that stuff for people to shoot. Honestly, yeah. in a lot of ways. Oh yeah, especially yeah. now when it's it the firsts
2: and makes me it makes me feel so like heart filled. I guess right. So yeah, I feel good about it. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: Not that I want to bring up Lisa's scoping again, but <laughs> we were talking the other day about uh, changing up equipment and stuff like that. And I know you're not a gear junkie. We're not going to get into all sorts of gear and and what we're pushing. But um, you mentioned something about switching out stocks and going to thumb hole stocks.
2: Yeah. That's what Greg, Greg built a two sixty four for me. And, um, I had like no intention of even getting a thumb hole stock. And yep. he was like, try this thing out. And I was like, yeah, it's pretty comfy. And then Greg was like, yeah, man, like for, they take a, that hand takes a lot of, a lot of recoil out. Right. So those really steep shots, cause you can only get a little piece of that, that pad into your shoulder. Right. So, yep. um, no, yep. Maybe it would have saved Lisa's pretty face, but <laughs> I don't know. War wounds are always yeah. awesome. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's a talking point. It you're, is a good It is a good talking point. Because the
0: gravity as you know, when you're going up higher, every time you go up, you're losing the, the advantage of gravity. So yep. everything's accelerated. So mm-hmm. you have to preload in. Yeah. But like with the thumb hole, you know, your wrist is kind of locked in, but you're not really torquing the gun. Yeah. But when it goes to rise, your hand helps with that. Like it really... It pushes you all at the it. same time. Mm-hmm. So there's, I mean, again, yeah, the gun's
1: it, not coming back the same way. You've got no, more forward pressure. It goes pressure. like this. Yeah. And generally
0: yeah. that's why people shoot over a lot of stuff as they're shooting uphill too, because yep. their gun is rising at a faster rate. So their impact ends up jumping too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So typically in the mountains, you never hear anybody shooting under stuff. No. It's always over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for sure. So for talk sure. them in tighter before you shoot. Cause late season, like I was down there a couple of different times. I mean, blow and snow and 10 below oh, yeah. just you're you're marshmallowed up yeah i mean that gun is just moving back yeah. like two inches without any real so
1: something solid
0: yeah you got the old arcterics puffy jacket on make sure to <laughs> squish the fluff out of it before you pull the trigger your face is gonna do the recoil stop yeah 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 see this none
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've been touched i've never been split though twice Luckily, yep. that where where I the one that flipped my hat off and it I think the hat got between it and it, I, I had a <laughs> crease but it didn't yeah. fully split. Mm. So that's I used to place. shoot a
0: 270 short mag. Oh, one Rob has mm-hmm. shot billion things with it. Once in a while, I'd be like, Oh man, I got close to my scope. But what it was is my Butler Creek cap. The recoil was so snappy oh. that it would actually hit me <laughs> the Butler Creek cap, and I was like, That make you there's, flinch. There's no Slap. way I'm hitting myself with the scope. Yeah. I'm like but it would. It would hit me probably 60% of the time when I shot. Mm-hmm, and yeah. It'll flip. So then I realized that you can, well,
2: Twist it one the ones that
0: down. Yeah. Then yeah. they didn't poke Yeah. Because, yeah, for the longest time I was convinced. I'm like, man, am I touching? So mm-hmm. I, like, took a video. I'm like, oh.
1: What's hitting me?
0: It's the cap. Yeah. The cap would actually flip back and tag me. Yeah. Never hard or anything. But I'm like, yeah, if he got in the right position and, like, jammed you in the eyeball, that would be uncomfortable so yep. i switched up that cap.
2: 270 short mags are a little rank too they're stay they, super fast, they boot, fast they boot pretty hard man yeah, they're they, not
0: they don't have the highest energy recoil but it's it's just yeah, so abruptly it is. fast yeah a lot of people think oh I'll just get a 270 short mag it'll be low recoiling but it's actually a 300 probably is actually more comfortable to shoot yeah just because of the speed mm-hmm. yep. and granted i always make a 270 nice ultra lightweights right so Mm -hmm. then they kind of bark up a bit
1: more yeah for sure (laughs) this spring was my my second scope kiss but again didn't split me and that was with the 300 Mm -hmm. ultra yeah but but laying down it was my spring bear hunt and uh laid down on the ground and got really comfortable in there Mm -hmm. and boom and it it got me but didn't split thank god
0: yeah you just don't want to shoot, like, an old 3-9 to nine Leopold VX2. No rubber. With a heart. Like, <laughs> it's literally a knife edge. Yeah. I mean, those things. I mean, yeah. yeah. It looks like you're in a 10-round freaking battle with Mike Tyson after they club you.
2: Yeah,
0: You're mm-hmm. just Nate like, yes, he has oh, <laughs> I'm feeling self-conscious
2: back. about my forehead now. <laughs> just because
0: <laughs> you guys, like, have no, <laughs> no cuts, and I'm just, like, a mess. Yet. Yeah. It's coming. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, well... Yeah. It's coming. I'll probably do it next weekend. You watch. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully.
1: I yeah. hope so. I hope Tip so. Over. Tip over a deer or something but get right ugly with your scope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch touch bases with you on is health.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: you're probably one of the fittest people I know. You live at the gym in the off season and, and you're just go, 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 go working harder than anyone else in there. I think you leave more sweat behind than, than anything else. You leave it all on the mat. But, yeah. Um, you've been dealing with some other health issues and stuff and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people would uh may help them out with their battles if they heard a little bit about kind of what what you got going on and and how you work through it and it you're not letting it slow you down or stop what you got Mm -hmm. what you want what you love in life Mm -hmm. hunting Mm -hmm. is seems
2: to be the big thing for you Mm -hmm. right so yeah so tell us a little bit about your about my health condition so yeah. I've had um, Crohn's disease since I was sixteen years old and uh, it is a um, it's a bowel inflammatory disease yep. It's um so um from probably from sixteen to twenty I had like those were like the hardest times in my life and back then there was there wasn't a lot of like um like, it was relatively new. Well, it wasn't Not so new, much new, but it was just, there wasn't a lot of ways to treat it, right? There was either, um, surgery was common or mm-hmm. like prednisone. Like yeah. for those of you guys who know that prednisone, it's just like a, it's, st- it's, it's, a, a it's a steroid that's really, um, targets like inflammation, right? Yeah. It does an awesome job at controlling it, but it's horrible on your body longevity, right? Yep. So from, from those years, that's kind of what I was like going in between, right? And, um. So then when I got to, I think I was about 22, there were some more drugs that came along. And um, so Crohn's disease, it's a, it's an autoimmune disease. So what it is, is your immune system attacks your digestive system, right? So for me, mostly my large bowel. In healthy cells. A little bit in my small bowel, right? So so now, now what they do with it is they, um, it, it's an autoimmune disease. So they give you drugs to suppress your immune system. So yeah. So that's what my treatment is. I get drugs that suppress my immune system it sounds kind of crazy right but it um it makes my immune system so weak that it can't attack me right so what does that do for cold and flus and those brutal. Sorts of things it's okay. brutal and yeah. that's why i have to like really try to maintain uh, as healthy of a, a lifestyle as i can i yeah. have having a bowel disease you have to be like super um cautious of you're putting into your body for foods and everything and so just living like an active healthy lifestyle is um super important so um as far as like my treatments go like being in the yukon this year was awesome because um because i have to get treatment once a month i have to go into the and get an infusion right that's how i get my drugs and I could actually get that in Whitehorse this year, which is three hours away from the area. Nice. So when I worked at Stan's, like me and Stan were, um, we were constantly coordinating in between hunts, right? It was just like, okay, I can do this hunt, but I can't do this hunt. And outfitters are like always known for like, can you just stay like two more weeks? <laughs> you know, Stan would be like, well, yeah. it's just this, it's just this one hunt, you know? Yeah. yeah. And like, so I was, I was always like stretching my boundaries, but like if I, if I'm, if I'm like two weeks overdue on my treatment, like I could really like really harm myself. Right. So I'd try to like keep it within a week or something. But this year was like a huge blessing, like being, being the, I can do like the, the IBD clinic thing in, in white man. So I got done one hunt early and I just drove to white horse Got my treatment, and then I, like, I think I picked up a hunter on the way back and <laughs> came back out, so... Yeah. yeah it was it was awesome, but... Yeah. I don't know. I just try not to... I mean, I have it. I I respect the disease, but, you know, like, I respect my body and myself, and I, I just try to, like, do the best I can with it. Yeah. I don't want to... I don't talk about it too much because I, I don't want to nurse anything or milk anything. It, it doesn't need to control it, your life. Yeah, no. I don't yeah. want it to define me. I don't want people no. to be like... Oh Nathan Austin, that's that that's that skinny weird guy with Crohn's disease. <laughs> is hey, he the guy with Crohn's. Yeah, yeah, like no, I don't. I just it is what it is. It's yep. something that I have, and um, I don't know. Ultimately, I I think I'm doing the the best job I can to yep. live a healthy lifestyle. And and that, yeah, like thankfully I can get my treatment in the Yukon, so I don't have to. I don't have to come all the way home. Yeah, and then my guiding season's virtually done right yeah, yeah. so you just missed out on. that sucks yeah. that sucks so yeah so no it's going a lot better now so excellent we'll see what happens super yeah. life takes me. yeah
0: like when you start the season you're actually put on some beef and then by the end of it a guy's a skinny mess yeah oh i'm you a work all winter oh, to gain 15 totally. more pounds yeah totally to lose it all totally
2: you were out there six weeks yeah about that yeah 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 and what kind of I probably lost like 15 pounds. Um, Same with Gary. Gary was really... Me and Gary were frick. We were skinny. Um, But yeah. And you're both hikers, not... Horseback. Yeah, but yeah. Stevie was a horsebacker, and he worked so damn hard. He's also a bigger guy too. Yeah. But I think he dropped. um He was like low twenties, I think. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. Y- you're just you're working so hard. You're eating dehydrated food. Yeah. Like Mountain you, you cannot really replenish so yourself, right? You, <laughs> yeah. you just can't. So yeah. most sheep hunts, like people, are often going to lose ten pounds. I don't know what you lost on your hunt, Aaron. Nine but, pounds in seven days. There you go. Yeah. Right. So imagine. Imagine you did six, six sheep weeks. hunts or, or five sheep hunts <laughs> in yeah. one year, right? Yeah. So if you get done early, you know you can yeah. replenish. But if you have those grinders, yeah. Um, man, the weight's just gonna like fall off you. And yeah. I don't. I don't have that. I don't have much storage. No. So right no, I'm now. I'm storing a bit. <laughs> right. Right now, I'm on like uh, trying to get my weight back up, kind of yeah. thing. So that yeah. I'm. Yeah. I just kind of got back into training, and I'm just trying to like gain gain back what i lost so i still got a few pounds to go so yeah those are my short-term goals yeah Yeah. for sure
0: cheeseburgers don't really put back (laughs) in everything you lost that would be more my strategy yeah
2: yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: exactly well awesome well thank you very much for coming in thanks for having me oh no problem if uh if you guys want to reach out to nathan or yukon peak how about rob
0: (laughs) yeah
2: I'm just Rob's voice. Okay, reach Remember? out to Rob.
0: <laughs> how, how do they get a hold
2: How do they get a hold of you? Um you could probably Instagram Rob or Facebook Rob or yeah. you yep. could even pick up the phone and phone Rob. <laughs> we can post the numbers, uh, the Instagram accounts. If you can
0: take your calls, yeah. Yukon yeah.
1: Peak has their own Instagram if you want to follow that. Uh, do they have Facebook as well? Or, probably, but up rob? you're
2: asking the wrong technical person. Okay, they got Instagram. I know that
1: I've been following you, I've been that's watching good. all your hunts that's actually. So, I'll steal good. a few pictures off there and okay. send me what you can. I'll send we'll, you what I can. Yeah. We'll upload them so everyone can see what, uh, what we're talking about for sure. And, uh, and, yeah, so reach out to Yukon Peak. There's a few hunts available for next season, but uh, if you're trying to set up a sheep hunt, try and book a couple of years in advance to, to make that happen. And and yeah, we'll put all their information up on the screen so you can check them out. We'll put a link as well in in the comments. And uh be sure to check out ballistics.ca for your custom turret needs for whatever scope you've got. So, thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me.
0: Fuck yeah, we nailed it. 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 Nailed it.